planting her feet in preparation for a war of independence. It was then that my father decided to stop drinking and enlist the help of the Almighty. Suddenly, every order was backed up by the fire of the Bible. In his world, it was God's will for women to suffer. So it is no mistake that we never went to church. It is no mistake that I approach all men with suspicion and dread, and that I have no patience with meek women. Sometimes I fear you are too much like your grandmother, Margaret. Your reluctance to judge and make waves is sweet, but if you choose to be a gentle breeze for most of your life, also remember there will be times that call for the roar of a hurricane, and you must blow the bastards away. History does not remember the good girls. Mom. Ruth. I never know how to sign my notes to you. Chapter 1 By her own choice, Margaret's workday began at 5 a.m., about the time that Louis, the janitor, began buffing the terrazzo floor of the lobby of the Selby reflector. Her job, transcribing four to five hours of thick middle Georgia patois, required great concentration, and the daily arc of life in the newsroom did not begin until around nine o'clock, when the first reporters, still puffy-eyed from indulgences of the night before, began to mill in. Clutching brown-stained steaming coffee mugs from Starvin' Marvin's, they would walk into the darkened room and find Margaret sitting at her computer, headphones on, her face ghost-like from the glowing gray light of the monitor. The only sounds were an occasional squawk from the police scanner and the whispering clickety-clack of Margaret's keyboard. For three months, Margaret had been editing the new phone-in and vent column named Chatter, and in that time it had grown to be one of the most popular features in the reflector. People quoted it on elevators in the Perry County Courthouse downtown and on the benches outside Johnny Chastine's seafood shack. Local disc jockeys called it the redneck internet, quoting it daily with a whoop and a holler. One day, when Margaret was picking up a pair of leather slides she had had resold at the Peach Cobbler, she overheard a woman say, "'Y'all treat me good or I'm going to call Chatter.'" Anywhere from 50 to 200 people called the Chatter hotline each day to leave a comment or query at the sound of the beep. They wanted recipes for homemade fried pork rinds. They wanted to know who stole the sofa off their front porch or who could tell them where to find the best barbecue in Perry County. They called to condemn the owners of the new We Bear All that had opened up in the old Stuckey's building on the interstate west of town. Lonely alcoholics would call in the middle of the night, verbally stabbing at anything that might make them angry. News anchors who talked too fast, teachers' vacation time, a neighbor's barking dog, an editorial that frightened them, dishonest refrigerator salesmen, Dillard's underwear ads— as the first and only chatter editor, Margaret felt like Selby's psychiatrist. Despite her newcomer status, she had a feel for this city's collective values and paranoias, a verbal patchwork quilt composed of non-matching yet oddly compatible soundbite squares, Jane Fonda and guns, and smoking, and Jesus Christ, and rude cashiers, and chitlins, and birth control, and kind strangers on the corner of Mulberry and Second. "'Morning, Margaret.' 
Harriet Toomey walked up and set a pile of manila folders onto her desk, then patted the back of her impeccably tamed silver beehive. Even after three months, Margaret still could not stop staring at Harriet's hair, voluminous and oblong like the cotton candy she remembered from the Erie County Fair. When she first saw it, she thought, "'So this is why it's called a beehive.' It was easy for Margaret to imagine something going on inside." The reflector's food editor for 61 years, Harriet appeared to be about 80, and she produced on her own an entire page of food news for Central Georgia readers every Wednesday. Her column, Thanks for Asking, answered readers' questions about the food in their lives, even though for lunch each day, Harriet ate wheat thins topped with processed cheddar cheese from a can she kept in her desk. Margaret took off her earphones. You're here early today, she said. I'm fixing to leave town.